0: This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast, the show that uses a unique grading style to redefine what the greatest movies are. I'm Tom Duncan. And I'm Dana Duncan. Tonight we recap season two and get you ready for our upcoming season three next week. However, quickly before we get to the show, next week we will be covering both Dana and my favorite musical, Singing in the Rain, starring Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor. You won't want to miss that one, so watch ahead of the show by searching the Real Good app to find where it's streaming for you. That's R-E-E-L-G-O-O-D. Also, you can still sign up for our weekly newsletter either by the website in the show notes. You can subscribe at the bottom of every page, or you can also email us at greatestalltimemoviepodcast at gmail.com. Additionally, did you know that in the episode descriptions of every episode, we put links to take you right to either the notes for that specific episode or or to the full-ranked and graded list of movies we've covered so far. Just open up the episode, and you can find them right there to get more information on the show. Then, because this is starting Season 3, we are taking the month of March to do another full trilogy, and you can help us decide. We're going to be putting up a Twitter poll on our profile, at Podcast to pick between four favorite film franchises to cover this March. If you don't have Twitter but would like to participate, Please write us at GreatestAllTimeMoviePodcast at gmail.com with your vote. More on this coming up later in this episode. And as always, please like, follow, rate, and review the show on whichever podcast platform you use. Alright, Dad. Another year down. What was a moment that stuck out to you this year? The
1: Jaws revisit that we did was That was a, the a one that immediately one. went to my mind too. Because It propelled it to number one on our chart. And I noticed when we were looking at this, we actually have uh, one, two, three Spielberg movies in our top five. We actually have three in our top four. Yes.
0: Yeah, you do mention that. And it was one of the hallmarks of the year was the Jaws episode, I felt. I thought it was, and it was, I think, episode 76, so it came right on the heels of us doing The Wizard of Oz. But the way that we kind of talked about, worked our way back through it, because we'd already covered it once, it was the first revisit episode that we had done, which is also another highlight. We did two others later on in the show. Excuse me, I think it was actually the second revisit, because I think we'd done Back to the Future at that point. But either way, that we even covered the concept of revisit this year I think is a highlight and kind of the shock we had when we did the final score and got it because up to that point we had had I think coming into this season the first movie we covered was 12 Angry Men and that ended up being number one for a while but going into the season I think it was All the President's Men was the number one movie out of last year and Jaws wasn't too far down the list. I think it was number five. But for it to really kind of make that jump from five to one,
1: I think it had a lot to do with our guest and his exuberance for the movie. I think so, too. But as much as I love doing the, the show with you, it's always nice to have a guest because it brings a different perspective than a father's son does. And it allows me to think of things a little differently. So I appreciate all of the guests we've had over the last year and for the last, for that matter, over the last two years. And I have very fond relationships or feelings towards our guests. And I would love to have most of them back. Well, probably all of them back for that matter and uh, do some more films with them. I think at this point, mom has been on the show six
0: times by my count. Sarah has been on five times. We've at least Tried to plan an additional one with mom coming up, I think, in February. And Rob, as of a couple of weeks ago, has been on the show three times, including twice in season two. Otherwise, we had this year, and let me look back at our stats again, but we had 15 different guests on the show this year, and two were from overseas international countries. Yes, other big highlights for the show, we covered our first two animation films, Shrek and Wally, and I think both of them ended up ranking fairly high on the list. Correct. We are now up to 80 different countries that our show has been listened in and all six major inhabited continents.
1: I'll feel like we've achieved something if we have a listener from Antarctica.
0: Well, I think the problem is, is nobody lives full-time in Antarctica. I
1: understand, but, you know, there are people who are there. That is true, but
0: I don't know. Maybe if we get to the Arctic Circle so that you know that uh, Santa and his elves are listening. Maybe when we do, like, Elf. I would even be happy with North
1: Pole, Alaska.
0: Fair enough. I think we have been listened to in Alaska. I'd have to look again, but I'm pretty sure we have at least one listen up there. We got you to like a Jim Carrey movie, and you watched both The Matrix and The Terminator this year. Yes. We, uh, I'll get to more on this other movie in a second, but we also had to sit you through Wedding Crashers.
1: <laughs> I had watched it before with you, but I can only sit and watch it in about 20-minute segments. Okay, so I guess that's the Quibi model. And did our first foreign language film this year as well. Oh, which is excellent, by the way.
0: I think it still ranks highly on the list. I don't think it's in the, the top tier, but I think it's in kind of that next phase
1: of movies it, it's 17 okay so and again i mean if anybody if there's another foreign language film that's like that and i thought of one it's doesn't fit within our time frame because oh, we only are grading I movies you and I are that are talking, more than five years old
0: yeah i think you and i are actually talking about different movies because i forgot that the one because it does have some english in it but i forgot that three idiots was also a foreign language film so it's actually two because i was referencing seven samurai
1: Oh, well, we had two, because The Three Idiots was just a fabulous film.
0: And I do look forward. We are going to cover some other foreign language films as we go along. There are some other big-name directors that I'd really like to get to at some point in time. We just haven't quite gotten to that point of the show. There are just so many movies to explore and so many things to get to yet, I think, that are more well-known by our potential audience. We also did our first Oscar preview episode this year, and we plan to make that a new staple every year. So when the Oscars comes up for March 27th this year, I think we will release our Oscars preview on March 23rd, which would be the Wednesday ahead of time.
1: So far, uh, we've been watching a lot of our Oscar or supposedly uh, Oscar worthy films. And within the Duncan family, I think I'm the only one who liked The Power of the Dog. I just had such a hard time digesting it. The
0: other problem was, is I didn't know it was supposed to take this like psychological thriller turn. And I just was (laughs) kind of looking at the plot to make sure I did like on Wikipedia or something to make sure I didn't miss something and accidentally read ahead a couple of times. And so I didn't get it as a twist or a shocking moment so much as, okay, after the fact, all right, now this all makes sense, but it really wasn't the, emotional hanger that I, I thought. But well, I'm sure we'll get to that here in a couple of months. Uh, I think for right now, you and I agree that the best movie we've seen at the moment is Coda, which is available on Apple TV+. But I've liked Dune. I really liked West Side Story. There were a couple of other movies that are near the top that I'm sure we'll get to. And frankly, some of the ones that are in the discussion as the favorites this year have been a little bit underwhelming. I think it's kind of that middle tier of films that
1: has been the most impressive to me. Yeah, and, and as you said, Coda. And for those who are listening to us, if you have not seen it, please watch this film. It is fantastic. It is probably you know a few years ago it was the king's speech was kind of a dark horse it was just a simple film with very good acting and a good story nothing fant- that just took the academy by storm coda could very well be the same type of thing simply because the acting is wonderful the story is really good and the theme of the movie is both uplifting
0: and poignant. Yeah, and it's not a difficult watch. There's nothing in it that's really dark or heavy that you need to be in a right frame of mind. I think it's an easily digestible film that you could put on on a Friday night that uh, you don't have a problem with. Now, before we move on, I should mention that there is controversy surrounding the King's Speech as being the movie that dethroned social network. And as <laughs> such, I think people now have gone back on these think pieces of why the hell did we reward the King speech? Kind of like Shakespeare in Love over Saving Private Ryan or The Green Book over yeah. Roma. I don't want to put this film in that category. I actually think this film could be better than those because I think it has a much bigger, richer message and yes. inclusionary cast in a way that some of those other films were not and are criticized thusly for having. I think this is a little bit different, but on your point, it is more of a general pleasing movie as opposed to, uh, something that's a little more inaccessible, like the power of the dog.
1: Well, it's, it's limited, you know, sometimes the simplicity of a film is its beauty and that's coda. It's a very simple premise but it's very powerful and it allows the actors to really perform and do excellent work and the story itself. If you've gotten anywhere in life, usually you can point to a teacher that you've had in your life who has had some sort of an impact telling you that you could do something that you didn't think you could do. And that's part of Coda. That that actually is as big a part of this of the film to me as anything. So before we get
0: too far down the road, and this is not an Oscar preview episode yet, uh, we <laughs> still have several of the films. I still have yet to see Licorice Pizza, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, as well as Nightmare Alley, the Guillermo del Toro film. I also had one more, and I can't think of what it is immediately on my list, but uh, another film yet to get to so far this year. Oh, excuse me. The Tragedy of Macbeth, which will be available yes. eventually, I think January 14th or 15th on Apple TV Plus. And that is a uh, Cohen brother, brother, not brothers. I can't remember which one, but
1: Phil. Joel, because he's married to uh, Francis McGorman. Who
0: does star in the film alongside Denzel Washington, which I th- think is kind of interesting that we've kind of taken this more Bridgerton model lately of we're going to include diversity in these old time looking films and just not treat them as black or white at all.
1: So interesting to me. Except uh, Othello or Otello, depending on how you decide to pronounce it, was uh, an African. So traditionally he should be played by an African American. If you're going to be doing an American film.
0: Well, they don't need to be American per se. I mean, we've seen enough great actors from other countries at this point in time. Sure. But anyway, let's wrap this back into what we're here for, which is the preview of, excuse me, recap of season two and preview of season three. Other highlights we had for the year, we did our first list episode back in the beginning of season two with our top 10 favorite character actor performances. I would suggest highly... To go back and listen to that one, we are planning to do at least one more during the course of this season. We have yet to pick on what that's going to be. A couple of things that we've talked about are the best decade of movies, where we just basically argue against each other. I think I know what yours is going to be, and I'm pretty sure I know what mine is going to be. And we kind of do that as a debate style show, as opposed to maybe a list episode. The top 10 years in movies. We could also do the, I don't think we're ready for directors yet. I think that's one that we get several years down the road when we've seen more of certain directors films where I'd be more comfortable exploring that one, but we can do a number of different things. So just some things that we're kicking around. We also need to do, and we had been talking about it last year, but never quite got to it, a tiebreaker episode. We have several Different movies that are tied with each other on the list currently, and we'll need to figure out how to kind of separate them as to which should be ranked ahead of the other. And then finally, I know we did it last year, but we're also going to be having, you are allowed to select one revisit for this season, as am I, and we have at least one guest selected one if that does come up. Other big highlights from the year. Four of our current top 10 movies on the list were from this season. We had Jaws move up the list on a rewatch. We also had Saving Private Ryan, which featured my brother-in-law, Keith Techmeyer. We had the Raiders of the Lost Ark move higher up on the list as one of our revisits to number four. And we also had the Shawshank Redemption, which is currently ranked number 10. We had a fantastic guest on for that episode as well. Yes. Yes. Then, uh, seven of our bottom ten on the list were also from this season, including the aforementioned Wedding Crashers and The Quiet Man. <laughs> uh,
1: yes. But the bottom of the list is still the greatest show on Earth. Uh, and when I was a or, and I, I, I mentioned this when I watched it. It was When I was a kid, I loved that movie because it just... I played pretended i was in the circus and whatever and it just it almost pains me trashing you know memories from when you were five and six years old don't feel too bad sir stephen has credited
0: that movie with being why he got into filmmaking in the first place so at least you're in good company on that i know Finally, we had Comedy Month, we had Military Month, we had our trilogy of Indiana Jones movies, we had a trilogy of James Bond movies before the last James Bond film was released, and we had Alfred Hitchcock Month all during the course of this year. And we plan to have several more theme months as they come up, Uh, including so far, we're going to have a Black History Month in February, and we're going to have a Sports Movie Month in April, or at least are hoping to. And then finally, the trilogy month that I mentioned before will be happening in March. We're going to be selecting a fan-favorite film franchise, and we're actually going to be discussing that here again in a second. So a review of the current top 10. As it currently stands, The Shawshank Redemption is number 10. We have Pulp Fiction at number 9. Casablanca at number 8. The Best Years of Our Lives at number 7. Number 6, High Noon. Number five, All the President's Men, four, Raiders of the Lost Ark, three, Saving Private Ryan, two, 12 Angry Men, and number one, Jaws. So looking up and down the list, not just necessarily at the top 10, but
1: what's one of the big surprises for you on the list? Casablanca, eight. I mean, when I think about Casablanca, I actually think it's probably one of the best films ever made. I would tend to agree. I
0: really did not expect that to be as low as it was when we originally did it. It might be an interesting revisit down the line. I'm not sure with where it's currently placed I would want to do that. To me, one of the biggest ones, although I both of them were early on in our show's history, North by Northwest at number 60, and for that matter, Inglorious Bastards at number 80. Yeah it feels like, compared to some other films that we've covered, those might be drastically low. But then again, the Inglorious Bastards episode might be influenced by the fact that Sarah was on, and she hates Quentin Tarantino.
1: Yes. Well, yes, I, I understand. So It's very likely... By the way, that- I, I, I think we were discussing, you know, like Saturday Night Live as the five hosts jacket. We're going to do the five hosts something. We haven't decided exactly or the you mean five, five guest appearance and do they yeah. have an item of clothing and
0: or pin or some type of uh, material good?
1: Yes. So I think we will, but, um, you know. Okay. By the way, any any of our listeners, we're not wedded to having somebody in the industry. If somebody who's a listener wants to, come on to the show and and participate and wants to be involved in the show have at it i mean we would love to have you there because that's the whole point of this show is to draw people in and to have everybody argue their opinions on this stuff because that's what we're doing is we're trying to figure out how we go about assessing various films
0: well, and I think one of the big things about this is is comparing movies across eras. Comparing Jurassic Park to Roman Holiday. I mean, how do you really accurately assess the greatness of either film if
1: you can't break it down into its
0: base forms?
1: Well, for me, it's the beauty and elegance of the female lead. <laughs> okay. Audrey Hepburn versus uh,
0: Laura Dern. To me, that's no contest.
1: And that's no. (laughs) Definitely not.
0: That's no mark on Laura Dern. I I don't mean to disparage her in any way, but Audrey Hepburn is in a class amongst herself. Anyway, uh, looking forward, uh, we have not yet announced what our 100th episode is going to be. So we actually have to get to that in the next four episodes. So it'll be at the end of January as we have it coming up. So the next movie, as I already mentioned at the top, is Singing in the Rain. So we have that one coming up. Number
1: two for this upcoming oh, season. Can I announce this one? Sure. Okay. I am an old soul at heart. I really think that I should have been born at least two generations earlier than I was. I should have been a World War II vet, etc. I love the Marx Brothers. And so, Tom, let me pick one of the, or a film that I wanted to do. I wanted to do the Marx Brothers. I absolutely love the scene in the stateroom. It's my most indelible moment in the film and one of my greats of all time. So, we're doing a night at the opera.
0: And for anyone that's not familiar with what the stateroom is, in this particular instance, it's a small shipside cabin. And so, you're fitting in a ton of people into a very small room. It's it's a lot of physical comedy, but it actually works and holds up very well at least in my opinion. I watched it for the first time last year, so that'll be an interesting and exciting rewatch as far as I'm concerned. Then we have probably what I think is at least in both yours and my top 5 favorite westerns, our third John Ford movie, fourth, it's it's somewhere in there, but the man yes. who shot Liberty Valance, which I think you've maintained on multiple occasions, is what John Wayne should have won his Oscar for, as opposed to
1: what did he win it for? The Shootist? No. Oh, um, uh, excuse me. True Grit. Yes. True Grit was kind of an honorarium award. Liberty Valance was what he should have won it for. It's
0: kind of like Pacino winning it for A cent of a Woman.
1: hoo yeah. Jinx.
0: Anyway, and then finally, our 100th episode, we have not yet announced this one, so we're taking the opportunity right now. Go ahead. The Godfather. We're finally doing it. Yep. So that one does not need a lot of fanfare. I think that is considered by many, including myself, to be the greatest of all time. So I will be really interested to see how that stacks up compared to the rest of our list. After that, we are getting to our Black History Month, uh, trying to kind of spread the show out a little bit and explore some films I don't think either you or I have seen in their entirety, but at least making a better play at being inclusive. So we're going to do do the right thing to start off. I know yes. probably a little cliche to start off with, but sue me. It's one of the best places to start. I know I've seen it only once, and that was last year, I don't think you've seen it at all. seen pieces. We're also going to do Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, Sidney Poitier movie from 1968.
1: By the way, on Twitter, um, somebody has been putting on pieces of that. So I got to watch the closing scene from Spencer Tracy. Oh, my God. You know, I understand Hepburn was upset that Tracy didn't get the... uh, posthumously the Academy Award for Best Actor. (laughs) I'm watching that and it was just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that'll be an exciting one to get to and I think we might have a special guest on for that one as well.
1: Oh, that would be great.
0: And then finally for uh, Black History Month, we're also going to do the movie Friday. And I think this is going to be funny because it's making you watch a Chris Tucker movie. (laughs) Okay, got me. I've never seen this movie. It is a celebrated black comedy. But just forgive me because I could have gone with like Medea's Halloween. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. All right. After Black History Month is going to be our trilogy month, then followed up by our Oscars preview. And then we hopefully have some exciting choices for you starting the end of March, beginning of April with Sports Movie Month. I think we're going to be covering major league to at least start right around what we hope will be opening day of baseball. We may have to make a audible given. We don't know whether there will be a baseball (laughs) league that where at least the players and the league will have agreed to something, but that's uh, all yet to be determined. So what has you most excited about this upcoming season pop?
1: Well, first of all, I love singing in the rain. It's always been one of my uh, absolute favorites. Obviously, the Marx Brothers has been a great film in my life. I made a point of going back and watching all of the Marx Brothers films. I've read several biographies of Groucho and Harpo and such. Man, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, just phenomenal. And I'm looking forward to the sports movie month, because you and I sat around and kind of spitballed what ch- films we're talking about. And I don't know if you wanted me to, but... I'm going to go ahead and list the four films we came up with. We came up with Major League, which, of course, just a bit outside, which is uh, Bob Euchre, who I grew up with as a kid listening to Bob Eucher on the radio. That's in the days when baseball games weren't on television. You listened to them on the radio. So I'd sit in my room and listen to the Brewer games during the summer in 19... 19- 74, 1975, and Bob Uger. Hoosiers, which I think is really one of the best films, and really one of the great films that Gene Hackman did, that I don't think gets as much credit for his talent as an actor as it should. The Water Boy, which I took you to when you were just a little shaver which I think is probably the best Adam Sandler movie. Mm, Is it possible to say a best Adam Sandler movie? Yes. Okay. Well,
0: anyway. We'll be getting to several others.
1: I'm not even sure
0: it's the best Adam Sandler sports movie.
1: eh, I know. And then, of course, the last one, which, as we've talked about in the show, my family has had 18 different exchange students from all over the world, and I had a list of films that... I, I felt portrayed America and American culture and specifically my generation. And one of the films I would show, at least the guys, is Slapshot, which is Paul Newman,
0: uh, about uh, hockey. Now, is this before or after you showed them Porky's?
1: I did not always show Porky's. You did too! Reven- A Revenge of the Nerds.
0: Oh, talk about films that haven't aged well.
1: Yeah, I know. And uh, Caddyshack. Those were two of the films that I always showed.
0: Yeah. All right. So as you can definitely see, we have some films that we're both excited about. I don't think there's a film on here right now that I'm not excited to discuss and kind of go back and forward with. And that takes us up to, I think, episode 109? maybe 110 by the time it's all said and done. I'm sure by the the middle of the summer, we'll probably hit 125. So we'll have another specialty episode or one of the big movies on for that, as we usually like to wait until the big markers or the every 25 movies to do one of the really heavy hitters. But I'm sure we're going to have a lot in store for you this season. We're both looking forward to it. And uh, any other additional thoughts before we
1: close out, Pop? (laughs) I'll just go back to the original. When uh, you suggested this during the pandemic, I had no idea this would become such a big deal and become really such a significant part of my life and something that I really enjoyed doing, and a labor of love.
0: I think that's mutually expressed for both of us. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. Next week, we will be covering both Dana and my favorite musical, Singin' in the Rain, starring Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor. You won't want to miss that one, so watch ahead of the show by searching the Real Good app to find where it's streaming for you. That's R-E-E-L-G-O-O-D. Please like, follow, rate, and review, or whatever on whichever platform you have so that you can join in on our fun. You can also email the show at greatestalltimemoviepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Podcast, or find us on Twitter at Podcast. The Greatest Movie of All Time podcast is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our show is mixed, edited, and written by Thomas Duncan. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.